Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Everyone Has a Story podcast. Now, that I've recorded over 200 episodes, I'm sure by now you're aware that I love the outdoors and I love fly fishing. So if they get to be combined, I get very, very ecstatic. Matter of fact, I get so ecstatic. I'm almost like a six-year-old child. I am just over the moon excited. So anyway, with that in mind, I get invited to join four other guys, and we're going to hike down the Grand Canyon to Bright Angel Creek, and we're going to spend three nights down there, and we're going to fly fish in the morning and the afternoon, and then we're going to do day hikes during the day. I'm excited, but my excitement gets the better of me sometimes. And sometimes I get packing because I want to enjoy every morning. I'm going to fly fish. I'm going to do this. I'm going to imbibe in a little bit of a beverages down at the bottom with my buddies. We're going to tell a lot of lies to each other. We're going to look at the, you know, the stars, but we're just going to have a good time. Just be five guys enjoying each other's company. So with that in mind, I'm packing. and. Like I said, I get excited. So before you know it, my backpack is somewhere between 65 and 70 pounds. And it's about a 12-mile hike from the top of the rim down to Bright Angel Creek. So we're hiking. I'm feeling good. We're going downhill, so it's a little bit you know tough on the shoulders and back. So we get about two-thirds of the way down. And when the guy says, let's stop and take a break. So everybody, like they should, they all kind of found themselves up against the inner wall but I needed to really get my pack off my back. So I find this nice, long, flat rock. So I sit down on the one edge of it. But, you know, down behind me is the is the map, is the the opened end. It's, it's a ledge. So I'm sitting back and I'm leaning back because I knew this rock is I thought was long enough to catch my backpack. I'm going to take a little bit of strain off my shoulders. I'm leaning back. I'm leaning back. Sure enough, I'm now teetering on this rock and I'm fighting like heck. I get my core involved. I get everything engaged. I get myself back and I had my sunglasses on, but I'm sure the panic in my face was like, this guy's going over. And one of the guys I'm hiking with is my brother-in-law, Bob. And he's standing straight across from me. He sees me struggling. He sees me get my balance. He probably sees the sweat now coming even faster off my forehead. And he says, did you almost go over? Uh, yeah, I said, yes. Thanks a lot for all the help. He doesn't say a word, which is not, you know, abnormal for Bob. He gets over, he looks down, he looks back at me, he looks down, he goes, oh my God, that would have been a very, very far and very hard fall with all those big rocks down at the bottom. I look down, I'm thinking, oh my God, that could have been serious. And I said, thanks again for all the help. He goes, eh, no problem, but if that happens again, if you do go over, just turtle up. I'm thinking, that's your advice, just turtle up? Thanks a lot, buddy. So anyway, I tell the story because I've had a lot of conversation with Tamara, my guest speaker today, and we've talked about, and how we really connected was her article about what's in your backpack. 
And of course, the first thing that came to my mind was the story. But I know I'm not a coach, but as a consultant, I see a lot of people who carry from time to time too much baggage. And I'm not talking what's in your closet, what's in your drawers, what's in your, you know, your garage. I'm talking about the baggage in between your ears. And sometimes we can get ourselves so caught up with our past that we can't really enjoy today and we can't really even think about the future. And if we do, it's really almost stressful because we're so caught up with all that extra crap in our head. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're really going to explore what you should have in your backpack. And I'm not talking when you go down the bomb, the Grand Canyon like me, but we're going to talk about your day-to-day living. So with that being said, let me introduce you to Tamara Childs. Tamara, thank you for joining me. Roger, it's great to be here. And I have to tell you, you had me on the edge of my seat with that story because (laughs) I am scared of heights. And so I was like literally picturing the ledge and the glasses. And yeah, it sounds like it was it was fun to be teased about that. Oh, yeah. And every time I see my uh, brother-in-law, he knows somewhere in the conversation over the time that we're going to be together, if it's for a day or for a weekend, whatever, I'll always remind him of how much of a help he was. And all he could advise me was to turtle up. I'm thinking, what kind of advice is that, right? I have never heard that. (laughs) Well, and and hopefully you'll never have to (laughs) ever, ever again, but at least you have that image in your head. Okay. So you're an intuitive coach and consultant. You're an author of Soul Alchemy. What a great book you, uh, shared with 11 other writers. But I'm sure that as an intuitive coach, you've never told your client to just turtle up. (laughs) Well, well, actually, I can say that there's, there's a core to my work, Roger, that has to do with establishing proper boundaries. So we know where we end and somebody else begins. And in this case, it's like you and your brother in law, like you saw your life pass before your eyes, and he's like, turtle up. And you're like, hmm, thanks for the help, buddy. But um, A lot of the time, uh, we, you know, I specialize in helping highly sensitive, um, also called empathic clients, um, to establish proper boundaries so that they can then uh, uh, stop what I call crash and burn cycles that come from taking on too much from other people, being distracted and derailed by you know, uh, disturbing events that happen and having kind of like not a turtle shell, but having some kind of a bumper or an energetic uh, protection to ourselves. Well, I'm glad that you said that because as soon as my producer, Rick, gets this uh, episode downloaded, I am going to send my brother-in-law the link, giving him somewhat permission to keep the coaching up not on a paid basis, but just on a brother-in-law basis and use that as a bumper. So thank you for that. He'll, he will enjoy that. So Tamara, you're a coach, you're a consultant, but it's an intuitive consultant. What does that mean? Well, people hire me when they uh, are on, they want to have the the best of themselves in life. They want to really reach their potential and ordinary Uh, traditional therapy doesn't really work for them. I kind of work a little bit beyond therapy. So when people come to me, they're they're already pretty self-aware. 
you know, for example, they might come to me and say, yeah, you know, I I had some difficult things in my childhood where, you know, my parents were kind of chaotic. And now I'm in this uh, work situation in an office with a coworker who's just very invasive and just is really in my space all the time and bothering me. And I don't know how to have a good boundary with that person so that I can have, you know, containment for my own energy and not be irritated and resentful. So this would be a person who is not necessarily blaming other people for their life circumstances. They know there's a little bit of a problem. And so they are coming to me out of, um, it's very proactive and they are, they're hiring me because they may have tried therapy. Um, and my work is a little bit more accelerated. It's not just the retelling of an old story. It's, it's tools and techniques to uh, move you beyond those blocks. So I got introduced to you through your post that you wrote about what's in your backpack. And obviously, I've already explained to my audience, you know, what that meant to me in my in my story that I started the episode with. But tell us what you meant when you were saying and asking the audience from your post, what's in your backpack? I think that, um, you know, we each are are meant to be the stewards of our lives and be in the driver's seat. And really, uh, we each have, um, you know, a unique destiny. We have something that's very fulfilling that if we're on the path, we're going to feel those feelings of elation and excitement and focus and, and attainment. We're going to get where we need to go. Some, some of us need a little help with feeling like we have to help others beyond what's good for us. And, um, there, so, so what you need in your backpack is just the tools to live your life well, but you don't need to be carrying the weight of the world, uh, meaning worrying about every political event, worrying about, um, everything that's happening on social media, worrying about all of your extended family members and getting completely off track. And, um, you, we also don't need to take undue responsibility for other people who have their work to do. You know, um, other people who we feel responsible for taking care of. And so, you know, my clients typically put their own needs a little bit on the back burner. And so I teach them to kind of pay attention to the weight that they're carrying, make sure that their load is somewhat light and in keeping with what they need to stay on track with and let go of the stuff that's baggage and that's other people's responsibility. You know, and I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to give you an idea of what was in my backpack when I did go down to the Grand Canyon because it goes exactly with what your story and what your article is about. In my backpack, I had more than enough fly fishing equipment for the five of us, but I wanted to make sure that everybody was going to be involved. All right. I had more food than all five of us could eat for those four nights. Mm. I I had enough food. Matter of fact, by the time that we got, when we left and we stayed halfway up in uh, Indian Gardens, we had a feast for everybody else that was staying there. That's how much food I brought for us. Okay. I brought enough Crown Royal because I wanted my friends to have an enjoyable time around, you know, the, the, Uh the creek there 
while we're watching the satellites and the shooting stars, I wanted everybody to have such an enjoyable time because really I was not the one that was invited. I was one doing the inviting. Mm -hmm. And so in my example there on my backpack, am I exactly what you're talking about? Oh, yes. And, and, you know, let me say that um, highly sensitive or caring people don't come in a male or female body. It, you can be, I, I have, have, you know, many empathic, caring male clients, and it's just a sign. You know, I, I would ask you this, Roger. Did you enjoy the weight of your backpack? Was it okay with you to carry all that food? Did you feel like this is okay? I'm taking care of people. Yes, but at the same time, by the time I got down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon, we were setting up camp, I was really, really happy to take that backpack off. Yeah. So what you're saying, so so you're you have a predisposition to um there's some enjoyment you get from from taking care of people. And there's nothing, no judgment on that, but it was very heavy and you were very drained and tired by the time you got to the bottom because you were carrying everybody's stuff. And that is that piece of it. The drained and tired piece is what I address with clients. Um, if, if something's, you know, they say that Mother Teresa, um, she said, you know, I'm not doing all this great stuff. I love it. So if you love it, it feels light to you. But if it's, if it doesn't, if you resent it, if there's heaviness attached, um, it's time to look at what are you carrying that is not yours to carry that's, that's developed, uh, stirring up resentment. And so I think that our our feelings about things are really a clue to what we're supposed to be doing. All right. Well, thank you for uh, helping with that after uh, 14 years of carrying that weight around with me. So let's get off the South Rim Trail to the Bright Angel Campground and Creek. And let's talk about today in today's world. Why is keeping a lighter backpack important to all of us today, especially today? I think it's always been important, but, you know, uh, with the advent of the internet and the way that we are having what I call information overload, which means we're bombarded um, by, you know, little bits of information, news bits, things going on. Some of them are distressing and have to do with things going on in other places that we can't do anything about right now. And that causes a sense of uh, powerlessness and anxiety at the same time, you know? Um, so, uh, and I think people are busier than ever in kind of a busy work kind of way where they're almost like, I've, I have the, all these to-do lists. And so I think, um, and also... <laughs> I feel like post pandemic, there's been this, this, well, there's the great resignation, as you know, and, and there's this shifting happening in the, in the, in the job environment where people are like, I have to really reevaluate what brings me joy and brings me alive right now because I don't want to waste all the years of my life doing things that are heavy for me. Like the, the backpack is too heavy. So it's getting people into these pivots and. I think there's there's no time like now for people to start to prioritize self-care and prioritize um, 
exactly what they want their lives to be and just get really clear that they're not, you know, going to medical school because their dad wanted it, or um, they're not not going to medical school because their dad doesn't want them to do it. But, you know, really sort of um, following their calling, if you will. And I'm not saying that people need to be extremely self-centered, but we do live in that kind of a society now where people are trying to figure out what do I want? Where am I best serving? You know, what are my talents and abilities? Where should I really be be doing things? Because a sense of resentment and overload is, you know, it's just a symptom that we're we're putting too much in our backpack and we're not paying attention. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So let's stay with that scenario with the business community in the in the organizations, in the teams. What are some of the let's start with the positive. I always like starting with the positive. What are some of the positive results that an organization can see that the individuals within that organization can see when they start to take your advice and really start to Mm -hmm. lighten up their backpack? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. And, and what I was saying about that is that we, people, People have to do the work on themselves to understand where they belong and what they're going for. And once they understand, like, I'm wired, you know, what brings me, lights me up is writing, but I don't want to do data entry because that's not using all of my gifts and talents. You know, some people are great in the executive role because they know where people belong in an organization. And some people are really good people, 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 and they're good with management you know, they can get along with people, they know how to make people feel good about themselves. And so I think that the starting thing is, um, I think happy people create a happy organization. I really do. And I don't know that we get that yet, you know, in the US. Um, I'm, maybe there are other places, maybe some places do. But I think generally speaking, um, you know, there are people who have jobs that they're not suited to, or that they feel the company doesn't care about them, and the company maybe doesn't, and then they don't care about the company. And I'd love to see things a little more elevated. Yep. Now, I truly believe that there's always a sense of balance. So there's always, always going to be some good, positive results, but there's always going to be some downside. As an intuitive consultant, and you're helping this organization and their employees, the team members start to lighten their backpack. Mm-hmm. What are some of the downsizes to that? Um, hmm. A downside to it. Hmm. I don't know. In the world we're moving into, is there really a downside to people really being tuned into what they do well and being excited about it? I mean, you know, that's a separate issue from commitment. I mean, you know, I think commitment is a big problem, like, you know, retaining employees and that sort of thing. But that's also a happiness issue. And so um, in an ideal world, I think that if if 
you know, if if we're raising kids to follow what they really want to do, and then we've got young adults and and uh, midlife adults, and everyone's doing what they do well and enjoy, there's I'm not sure if there's really a downside to that. I think actually it would really increase a lot of productivity, and um, and and have better workplace relationships. But you can challenge me on that. Um, can you think of a downside? Well. You know, and and I love your spirit. I, I absolutely, and that's one of the reasons I wanted you on this podcast, because you do bring such a positive outlook to everything. And I guess, you know, the only downsides, downside that I see, if it is really a downside, is that you introduced me to a book called The Dream Manager. Mm. And, and the only downside to the overall result to the organization that was focused in the uh, dream manager was that their employees, some of their better employees outgrew the mm -hmm. company, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a downside because you're, you're losing, potentially losing because they're further in advance themselves because the company helped them further advance themselves mm -hmm. that they are taking on, you know, now the dream role that they really wanted and it might be at a different organization, but on the, positive to that downside is that you're now allowing other people within the organization who are now more of a team player, more aligned with the company mission and, mm -hmm. and culture is now taking on those roles. So, you know, there's always going to be a downside, but it's very, very minimal. And I love that you brought that up because right now you've mentioned, you know, the, 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 the quiet quit, the great resignation and both sides are so far apart. I feel like I'm I'm talking and I'm seeing and witnessing, you know, Congress and the Senate. You know, they're the Democrats on one side of the aisle and the Republicans down the other side, and they can't even look at each other without smirking and just, you know, begrudging each other. And, you know, it seems like the workplace has become that political sideshow. But, you yeah. know, as you as you as you've really, you know, really well articulated that. There really isn't a downside if everybody is happy, happier, and really more creative, more productive. And what why can't owners and why can't the team members? Because it's it's I don't know if it's 50-50, but there's you know, it's both sides have to play well with each other, right? Yeah, and I think there are a couple ways to look at this. I mean, uh, what about uh organizations being so innovative that 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 an employee can't outgrow their position. You know, that's a whole other way of looking at things is what if something can just accordion out and expand with the needs of the different the different aspects of it. And so they are just constantly growing and there's always opportunity within that organization. So no one wants to leave because it's such a great place to be. And the other part of it is like you said is Yes, if you create a space in this world where it matters what you do and how you do it and that you're valuable attaining what for you is your highest aspirations or dream. Um, I mean, that goes out into the world and creates, it mushrooms out. It creates other great opportunities, other other uh, innovations, new companies. And then there's a space for, for new people to come in. I mean, it's just about having like a living system that's breathing with with the people who work there and, and not having sort of a, 
a concrete only attitude about everything. Like here are the rules, here are the regulations. I don't care about you, but you better be happy working here and obedient. I mean, that's just not working anymore for people. And especially the newer generations coming in, you know, they're very rebellious about that. And they're not going to just, you know, tough it out. This isn't a toughing it out world, but I think organizations and like maybe corporate structures, especially that culture needs to maybe adjust the attitude around, you know, this is how it is. And I think in the last like 15 years, it's been this attitude. Well, I don't want to have to babysit. I don't want to have to placate. But I'm not sure that managing the dreams and and um, making sure people are well-suited where they are and appreciated is the same as placating. I think there's room for growth here. I, I can't agree more. And I, I love how you process reality with whatever filters you have. And then you have a certain set of lens that can just see things and see the brighter side of things. So now you, you've you got those unique filter system. you got those unique lens. You now walk into the organization. You're talking to the owner, the managers, and the team. What advice would you give them right now to how to start challenging themselves to lighten up that backpack and to really start seeing things through exactly the lens and filters that you just talked about? You know, I think it's worth it for companies to invest in what I would call a play space or, um, uh, you know, not just uh, rewarding employees through like a, a holiday picnic or something, but actually having like, like a monthly play shop or a space that's dedicated to people learning about themselves, learning about other people in their, their company, um, liking each other and figuring out like, how am I different? You know, I think that the companies are are using like different tools for psychology, like the, um, the uh, um, it's, it's going out of my mind right now, the, uh, uh, the Myers-Briggs uh, mm -hmm. personality test where people find out, oh, I'm an introvert. This is why I don't like to you know, talk over coffee or be friends with everybody in the office. I just really like to focus on my stuff and get it done. And I have high standards for that because introverts are very detail conscious. And then the extroverts, you know, what whatever composition a person has in their personality, just creating a space for understanding other people would would solve so many problems in this world, including in the microcosm of a company. Because a company is just a little, a little bubble of people in, in a world of many people where people just don't understand each other and they judge each other. So I think a lot could be done experimentally by allowing, you know, to have a, it's not typical, I don't think, to have like a counselor that's on staff at a, at a company, but they, they should have somebody that helps people understand themselves better and therefore understand others. And that sense of community and caring is you can't you can't underestimate it because that's the problem in companies is people aren't caring. And being creative, the other thing that I really admire about you is that uh, this world right now is inundated with workshops, both live workshops and virtual workshops. Mm -hmm. And instead of doing workshops per se, you do play shops. Mm -hmm. What's what's involved in a play shop? 
Well, uh, you know, when I do a play shop, I have kind of a loose structure. So I have a few activities I like to take people through um, that give them these ahas and the, and this look on their face like, oh, I didn't know that about myself. No wonder. You know, so it answers questions about like what what kind of psychological cycle they're in, what they really need to do next. And how that fits in with, with the entire, you know, maybe with coworkers or their husband or their wife or something. And, um, and I, you know, I incorporate some, some doodling, like drawing and doodling. You don't have to be a good artist to do it, but it's just, I want people to have, and there's some meditation guided imagery that I take people through that help them get a result of understanding something about themselves. So, um, I, call it a play shop just to be playful because I don't want people to work hard. I want them to um, come out feeling um, refreshed and uh, rejuvenated and revived and, and, and not drained and not tired and exhausted and likely need a vacation. So it's like a little mini vacation. Um, it's fun. You know, it's not like they have to um, cram for a test. It's nothing like that. It's just, it's really for their, uh, because again, each person is their own enthusiasm level. And when your tank gets low and your pilot light gets low, you, you've got to figure that out. And sometimes it's hard to do that through a 40 hour or 60 hour week. How do you get that sense of, um, you know, if there's some little things taking your energy down, some, you've got to find some way of taking care of yourself. And this is just a way I like to do. Well. You know, I've, I've put on many workshops and I do know that when the individuals start to walk into the, the room where the workshop is going to be, you can see some cases mile high barriers already put in place between me and them. And just the idea and the name behind Play Shop, it sounds fun. It sounds engaging. It sounds interactive. It sounds, you mm -hmm. know, you know to where it's a safe place to just go be yourself for whatever time that you're putting this on. And I, I, I just love that creativity. So Tamara, I can't thank you enough. This has been really a, a, a fun highlight for me. Leave us with one little piece of additional inspiration to, uh, to say goodbye on. Additional inspiration. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I like to tell people to trust themselves a little bit more. And sometimes you've got to, it's like you're in the weeds, as they say, and you're, you've got to get the weeds away from you and just, just, you know, take a deep breath and say, Hey, you know, what if my perspective about the things that are going on in my world are not wrong? They're just, I just need to fine tune them and be a little bit more harmonious and learn a few things about myself and others to make this really be successful. Um, and, you know, because I think the first step is just understanding everyone has a reason for exactly the way they are. Even when people are grumpy and you run into them at the supermarket and you're like, why did that person snap at me? And just, just like that, each of us is the way we are. We're, we're made. There's no mistakes made. We're fine. And, and to just, you know, give ourselves a little bit of breathing room and a little bit of understanding and compassion. Well, great advice. I can't thank you again enough for uh, being part of my podcast today. And if someone wants to reach out and get in touch with you, how can they uh, get in contact with you? 
Oh, thank you so much, Roger. This is such a pleasure. Um, I'm easy to reach at tamrachilds.com or cons- uh, support at Tamra, uh, Tamra Childs Consulting. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. It's pretty easy to just send me a message. I'm very approachable. Well, this has been really just a pure joy. So thank you very much. And I'm always glad to tell my Grand Canyon story where my brother-in-law gets to tell me to turtle up and he's going to enjoy receiving this download. So thank you very much. Thank you. My podcast wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for my sponsors and my uh, great supporters. So let me take this opportunity to thank each and every one of them. First of all, I want to thank Rebecca at Custom Bookkeeping and Accounting, delivering trustworthy bookkeeping services since 2003. Dave and Dara at Virtues Matter, making this world a much happier place to be with their Virtues card apps, coaching, and workshops. Stephen at Bullard Accounting, giving business owners depth and insight to their numbers. Eric and his team at Ivy Cat Web Design, the real superheroes of web development and design. Jennifer and Jean at the Seavers Real Estate Team, serving Pierce and Kitsap counties with their home buying and selling needs. Maury at the Maury Method, the world's only brainwave entrainment engineer, helping everyone have more clarity, less stress, and overall better brain health. Priya at Pivot My Profit, helping individuals and businesses have better control of their finances and more money at the end of their day. Melissa at the Soul Vibe Energy High, the queen of the aha moments, helping individuals find those holes in their cups, repair the hole, and gain back their positive energy. And finally, Rick at West Sound Recording. You talk, they do all the rest. Thank you, Rick, for all your efforts with the production and editing of my podcast. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.